welcome to SpicFic NZ podcast, where we bring you the authors that aren't afraid to ask what if. I'm Matt Dunner, and I mostly write unpublished short stories. I'm Kura Carpenter. I'm a Dunedin fantasy author. My debut novel, The Kingfisher's Debt, has come, just come out recently. And I'm Nick Switika, and I have nine novels that are indie published at the moment. Uh, Darian Smith is Auckland-based author who writes fantasy with murder mystery themes and is Agents of Kalan, and I hope that I see that right, the series is described as CSI with magic. Darian has also written Paranormal Romance in his novel Currents of Change, and it won the 2016 WRNZ Kuru Award for Best First Novel. Not only that, but Darren has uh, written many short stories, a non-fiction guide, the psychology workbook for writers, and he's won the Sir Julius Vogel Award for services to fantasy, science fiction, and horror. Uh, and so we're going to start off with uh, some of our standard uh, opening questions, which is, how did you find out about Spickfic and Z? And how long have you been a member? Um, hello, thank you for that lovely introduction. That made me sound really flash. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a member of Specific and Dead for, it must be close to 10 years now. Um, and I discovered it uh, by, kind of by accident in a way, actually. It was um, just after I'd had a short story published in a journal uh, called Just Another Art Movement. And they very progressively at the time decided to do an uh, edition with speculative fiction. So I was lucky enough to be part of that. And then Helen Lowe um, saw that story and nominated it for the Sir Julius Vogel Awards. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of those awards. And through discovering the authors that were on the ballot along with me, I then discovered Specific NZ and thought, this is brilliant, I need to join. Um, and so I did. And never looked back. That's great. I didn't actually realise that um, Specific NZ was that old. I'm going to have to yeah. do some research. So, um, Darian, you recently attended the New Zealand Writers Festival, and I was wondering, what did you notice were people's attitudes to New Zealand authors? So when regular people wandered off the street, did you find that they were willing to give local authors a chance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially at that particular event, because it was featuring New Zealand authors in particular. So, you know, for people to come in there, they they obviously had an interest in seeing that. And, I mean, at that event and a lot of events that I go to, I find there's definitely people who have a real interest in supporting local authors, which is really mm -hmm. lovely. You know, they'll come up and say, are you, are you local? Where are you based? And it, it actually matters to them that they support local authors. Um, which right. is, is really, really cool. There's, yeah. you know, the flip side of that, you also do see, I think, in some some parts of the, the reader community, there's a, a little bit of um, stigma. Or, I guess in New Zealanders yeah. can be a bit self-deprecating about what we can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there, there can be a bit of that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, New Zealand has shown how good it is. You know, we punch so far above our weight in terms of film and music. And you know, we're, we're just now kind of discovering that genre fiction can be part of that as well, I think. Yeah. And so if um, you're at an event like that, is there anything like a, a helpful psychological tip that you could share that would make um, a reader 
um, who has never heard of you before be willing to take a chance on a new author? Yeah, it's, it's tricky because, you know, especially in an event like that, there's so many different new yeah. authors to, to see and explore. Um, I don't know how psychological these are. I think that in some ways they're quite common sense, but I, I do yeah. have a couple of hopes. Um, and one of them is, the obvious one is to make sure you've actually got a really good product that it looks professional, that it's well written, because people will pick it up and they will flip through it and have a good read. So yeah. they need to feel confident when they do that. Yeah. Um, you know, presenting yourself and, and your little booth really well, um, it makes yeah. a difference. The whole don't judge a book by its cover thing is nonsense. We just, yeah, <laughs> we completely. completely. <laughs> yeah, so, so we do judge things by what we see and so making sure that we present them. But I think the other thing is to actually engage with people and talk to them and ask them what they like to read and listen to yeah. them. Yes, um, I think people, yeah. people don't like it when you just, you know, you stand back and ignore them. Sort of thing. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to be ignored and they don't want to be completely yes. no. bombarded when it's clear that they're not interested. Yes. So, you know, if you, yeah. you ask somebody, they've been able to read the people. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. they go, oh, I only ever read, you know, ancient biographies, then I'm, yeah. I know I'm not going to sell them my book. But I might yeah. be able to point them out to, you know, hey, there's an ancient biography writer over there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's interesting actually, because my experience at the New Zealand Book Festival um, recently, which which you were at uh, here in Auckland, um, it was quite. I, I, I got quite wary after the first couple of stalls um, of go approaching authors because um, I really wasn't going to buy their books, um, and um, there were certainly a couple that were very keen to try and convince me to buy uh, books that were you know, completely not of genres that I'd be interested in or even, you know, as we approach Christmas, anyone I know would be interested in. Although I'm yeah. sure they're very fine books. Um, although I did discover that as, as a nowadays, the, oh, I'll download it as an ebook. Um, <laughs> does work quite well. Having said that, I did say that to you, Darian, about your, um, your, uh, your, um, one of your lines. And um, I did mean it in your case. Um, okay, of course you do. <laughs> now, now that I've heard that Agents of Kalanen is CSI with magic, I'm definitely going to um, download that. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So, um, yeah, I said people sorry. don't want to be pressured. So, no, yeah, no. If and you know, my books are going to be of interest to a, a select group of people, and not to everybody. And that's true of every book. So, yeah. know, there's no point pushing it on somebody who isn't Absolutely. Um, well, I, I just had a follow-up question from Nick, from Nick's intro, actually. So um, you won the 2016 RWNZ Coro Award. Um, and I was just wondering, what's RWNZ? Romance Writers of New Zealand. That's uh, the one. I thought it might be, but I just wanted to double check. Yeah, yeah. So is that... Weird for a bloke to win it, I think. <laughs> I might be the only one. Yeah. Make you a legend. Romance is one of those things, isn't it, where there's a bit of a cliche about um, of how many how many romance books are actually written by blokes writing under women's names. There are a few, um, but it is yeah the 
um, majority are certainly still women. And of course, your um, your first name is gender neutral. So um, I wonder whether there was any kind of you know anybody that's bought your book that's wondered what the gender of the author is. Potentially, yeah, I can kind of slide in either side if, if someone's got a sort of preconceived prejudice on whether genitals make for a better writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I've, I've been reading your psychology workbook for writers, which is, is really interesting um, and kind of gives actually quite a useful insight, um, has done for me in terms of uh, sort of developing characters. And it kind of chimed a lot with, um, I've recently been binge watching the, the second season of, of Westworld. And um, of course, there's a lot in that about how the behavioralists, who are basically psychologists, um, make the characters... Um, sort of uh, develop the characters' drives to help them fit into the story better. And um, it was kind of, it was watching Westworld, actually, um, before I read your book, that really made me start thinking about, trying to think about characters in that kind of way, whereas maybe I hadn't in the past. Um, so what would you say, though, um, are some of the key mistakes um, authors make in characterization? Um, I, th I think in some ways it's, it's about not going deep enough into those kinds of things. Like it can be really tempting, especially if, if you're a, a writer who loves plot, so it can be really tempting to just kind of barrel along with all the action and not stop and think about, okay, what's actually making this character behave in this way? And you know, why are they there for, why, why should the reader care? Because plot is, plot makes the story interesting, but characters are what make you actually care about the plot. Um, so actually taking the time to develop those characters, making them real enough, thinking about their backgrounds, what it is that, that does drive them and why they behave. And when you get that, it feeds into the plot. You suddenly discover a lot of richness in the things that happen because the character becomes a driving force in the story because of who they are. They take you know, their agency impacts the story it's this two-way thing that becomes much more interesting mm. yeah definitely um and that kind of probably leads on to my next question which is just um the currents of change um that's that's your uh, book that won the romance <laughs> award um now do you want to just give a brief for listeners who haven't heard of it do you want to give a brief overview of the plot um first and i was just wondering about how how you use your knowledge of psychology um, for some of the characters in that? Yeah, sure. So um, in the in the book, Currents Have Changed, the, the main character, Sarah, um, has, when it opens, you see her escaping from a, an abusive relationship and she basically runs away um, having experienced this, this trauma in her relationship and uh, miscarriage, which has been a couple of significant tragedies for her and she's needing to start a new life and change everything. And so she runs away to this sanctuary, which is her grandmother's old ancestral home in rural New Zealand. She's never been to before. And when she gets there, discovers that uh, there are a few secrets uh, in that particular part of the world and in her family history that she had no idea of. Uh, and there's magic and mayhem and the house might be haunted. Uh, and uh, there might be a bit of a love interest in the form of the next member as well. So, yeah. 
Um, and in terms of how I kind of used my psychology, I spent quite a bit of time developing the characters in it. Um, so I, I come from a, a counselling and psychology background, so I had a bit of experience working with people who had been in abusive relationships before and how, to, how they broke free of it. Um, so while I didn't want the whole focus of the book to be that, um, mm. it is part of that background, so it was, it was there. Um, and I think, you know, having, if you look closely in the, in the book, you can actually see her finding her strength again and her going through that grieving process around the loss of the relationship and the loss of her pregnancy. Um, and then coming to the other side. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at what you've mentioned before, you know, kind of the drivers of her character, you know, that she was in her history really, really focused on pleasing other people and, and not being too important and how she's had to change that to, to be strong enough to do what she needed to do. And I think also, you know, that understanding that nobody is one thing, and I think that can be a, mm. going back to your previous question, a, a flaw for writers is we get caught up on our characters being one particular way, whereas none of us are. Um, so for Sarah, you know, I really wanted to focus on her being both tough and vulnerable. And the, the antagonist for a lot of it, uh, Moana, um, is both quite mean, but also really protective and has, has the best interests of her community at heart. So there's kind of that mix of uh, different aspects, which is in all of us, um, yeah. that I tried to bring to each of the characters. It's interest, it, that's an interesting point, actually, because something that's got me thinking about that recently, about how um, writers will often just exaggerate one cartoonish kind of element of a character is, um, is the, around a Facebook page, Grumpy Skeletor. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if anyone else follows that, but Grumpy Skeletor basically takes, I don't know if people remember watching He-Man, Master's yeah. cartoon. Well, Skeletor in, in that was like a very one-dimensional um, cartoon villain uh, who's basically like a muscly alien man with a skull for a face um, who every, every week tries to cook up some fairly uh, incompetent plan to um, get one over on the forces of good. In, in Grumpy's Skeletor uh, Facebook page, it kind of shows another side of him. Um, and although he is still often doing uh, bad and annoying things, and he is he's kind of, he is a bit like the Moana, the Moana character in, in Currents of Change, I think, where um, actually quite often it's He-Man that's being annoying um, and, and slightly offensive. And Grumpy Skeletor is kind of just doing his best to crack his bubble um, while sticking up for his friends and actually helping people have a good time. And it yeah. it's kind of makes the character a lot more interesting um, to yeah. me. Anyway. Because nobody is the villain of their own story. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So is it time to ask my question? Because I have been waiting with pins and needles. <laughs> it sure is. Drum roll. Uh, so I've actually been wanting to know this answer to this question for a couple of years because I've actually seen you at Armageddon a couple of years ago and I was very curious. Like, is it expensive? Do you get it, uh, your money back? Is it fun to meet new um, fans? Is it worth it? And how did you get over your fear of just like, because <laughs> I'm petrified of talking to strangers. <laughs> so what was it like? 
My goodness, that's a lot of questions all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to know about Armageddon. Like, what is it like? It, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I've, I've gone many times just as a customer, just, you know, looking around and, and enjoyed it. Um, but I've, I really have enjoyed exhibiting there. I've, I've done it a couple of times in the eyes. Just a couple of years ago, I was there with um, some other spec authors who shared a booth. And then this year, I went and just had a booth myself. Um, it's, you know, it's pricey. Um, and they're fortunately willing to do a special price for um, what they call the artist's alley. So it's kind of your indie authors and your um, people who draw stuff and make stuff and oh, that's you know, good. a big company. Um, so I was able to, to do that and that's a little bit cheaper. Uh, it was absolutely worthwhile. I absolutely made my money back and it was really good. And I am much like yourself, it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite the introvert. I don't always appear that way, but I, <laughs> I actually... <laughs> Uh, you do the, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Myers-Briggs. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Test, um, but, yeah, I, the, the introvert to extrovert scale, I'm, like, right at the hard end of introvert. Um, <laughs> but I've had to train myself to overcome that. Um, so, you know, it's a, a bit of a challenge sometimes to do that. But when you start to get feedback from people who have read your work and come up and say, hey, I really enjoyed that. Hey, where's the next one? That's amazing. That really does give me joy. <laughs> so it's something that is really fantastic to have that opportunity to actually meet the readers because we don't generally get to do that. You know? so no. You just put out a book and it you know, hopefully goes into some bookstores and it goes on Amazon. And, you know, somewhere out in the world, people magically download it to their Kindles and read it and, God, please hope they post a review, but yeah. <laughs> they never even know, but like it or not. Um, so, you know, to actually meet people and have that discussion, and, and it's, it's really cool. I heartily endorse and recommend it. Yeah, I always think that that would be the perfect way to launch a book instead of going to a, a bookstore or something like that and kind of hope that you don't go to crickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the, the bookstore launch myself. I, I, it's yeah, just a, I yeah, it's an outdated are, way of doing it, as far as I can see. They're, they're great in their own way, but I think some, an event like Armageddon has so many more people than a bookstore can possibly bring in, yeah. and it's really yeah. targeted. So I write yeah. fantasy, and these are people that like the stuff I like. You know, this is my, my tribe. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting yeah. the right sort of people in the door. Um, exactly, it's the right sort of audience, bookstore. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the right audience. You know, yeah. A bookstore would only have a fraction of people that would come in yeah. there. With my yeah. And generally a bookstore opening is your friends and family. It's yes. not necessarily... <laughs> the danger is with a bookstore launch is it doesn't actually expose you to a new audience yeah. and that's what Armageddon would do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I... I I've done Armageddon and I've gone over to the equivalent in Australia. Um, Goodness. The, the supernovas, they call yep. it over there, um, over the last year. And same again, fantastic, loved it. And yeah, meet the right kind of people who like this, this kind of stuff. And yeah, get to, get to discover new, new audiences, which is fantastic. 
Is the vibe over in Supernova a bit different in the Armageddon or because it's run by the same people, it's kind of the same? Uh, it's, it's similar. I think they're, I don't know if they're run by the same people. I don't know, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. And it's, it's, the, it's the fans, that's the fun part of it. You know, for people who are dressing up and having fun and interested in stuff that are interested in, so it's cool. Yeah, I think uh, geeks and nerds are pretty much the same all around the world. Yeah. Right, so, <laughs> so are you working on anything at the moment, like uh, uh, any projects that are on the go? Yeah, so I'm currently working on the third book in the Agents of Helenon series. Uh, so that's called Battle's Legacy, um, and people will get to learn a bit more about the characters that they've met in the first two books. Uh, and a little bit, I'm going to tease a little bit. One of uh, Drayson's secrets will be revealed if you know who Drayson is. Mm. So, very, very important age who has lots of sneaky secrets. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good character to have. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so, you got a few more books in the series that you got to write, or? Yeah, at this stage, I've planned for six in the series. Um, good number. Yeah, that should hopefully um, conclude the background arc that I have in mind at the moment. But there is so that makes you a, a planner rather than a pencil. Oh God, yes. You think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. To plan very carefully so I know where the twists and turns and clues are. Yeah, yeah you got to do the big arcs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what have you? Uh, does anybody else have any other questions? Like, I'm good, thanks. Yep. because okay, I wanted no, to I'm, ask what. Yep. Go I'm, just, I'm just enjoying listening. <laughs> okay. So, what have you found uh, personally is the best thing about belonging to Spickfic NZ? Like um, the benefits of it. Uh, benefits are great. I mean, I think a little bit like what I talked about for Armageddon and Supernova. That community feeling and, and meeting people, but I think specifically yeah. for Spectacans, it's having that supportive, creative community that understands the kind of stuff that I write. Um, I was really fortunate uh, when I started out with the Gallimard series that um, Spectacans gave me a grant to help with the publishing costs for Gallimard's Rising, so I was incredibly grateful for that. Um, mm. But mainly, I think it's the people. You know, we support each other, we encourage each other, we give each other tips and advice. Um, and given that, you know, writing is a solitary occupation and having that creative community to lean on um, is really, really invaluable. It's so important and great. Yeah. I think we all agree. Yeah. yeah so, so if fans want to come and find you, where would they find you? Uh, they can look at my website, which is www.darian-smith.com. Darian is D-A-R-I-A-N. People generally forget how to spell that or don't know. Amazon and, yeah, all the usual places. Google me. Excellent. Yep. Great. Thank you so much for coming and answering all our questions, letting us pick your brain, Darian. It's been very interesting. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. <laughs>